Choosing brand colors wisely can impact how people perceive your brand. Research shows that using a signature color can increase brand recognition by 80%. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media, and this is In Camera Podcast, where when it comes down to colors, it has to be neon. Camera podcast, private legal marketing conversations. Blah, 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 blah. Grace, welcome back. Another week. I'm so excited, Grace, that I cannot even introduce this podcast. That's how excited I am. Like, I cannot believe next week I'll be getting on a plane, heading to Miami to see you and a bunch of other people that I missed so much over these past 12, 13, 14 months. I lost count. It's just exciting. I'm super excited too. Um, you know, obviously extremely stressed because it's coming mm. up very soon as usual, you know, but yeah. I'm very yeah. excited to see everybody and with all the crazy things going on, as you know, that you've yeah. probably seen that crazy. we're doing. I am, yeah, I, I am stressed as well, but I think the things that are stressing me out are a little bit more on the social skills side of things, right? Will I be able to make small conversation with people again? Will I be able to eat a meal in front of other people that are not part of my household? Like these sort of things are the ones that are stressing me out a little bit. And so it's going to be an interesting experiment coming back and being part of business community, just like all from the sudden from, from zero to a hundred. That's a good point. I, you know, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I, I guess cause I'm in Florida, we're very open and we have been <laughs> pretty much from the beginning. I'm so happy this is happening in Miami in such a, you know, good weather, lively place, relaxed by nature, right? Like it's not a place that prompts stiffness, that's prompt, that prompts a really traditional corporate business mindset. I mean, of course, it's a serious place. It's a, it's a serious conference, but it has like a nice vibe atmosphere to it. So I think it's a very good uh, location to phase back into this. Because imagine like going from this to a Chicago convention center, sort of super corporate it, it can be a little bit more intense. Nothing against Chicago. I love it. I'm just saying, you know, big city, big convention center, it, it gets a little bit more intimidating. Like at least here we have the sea right in front of us as we are all bringing ourselves back to normalcy up to a certain extent because we're gonna, still going to be wearing masks. There's still going to be social distancing. I mean, it's still an experiment as a whole, right? It's not like, oh, we're back. So, I mean, there's a lot of elements here that are so interesting to go through. And I think we're just not going to know how they're going to feel and how are we going to respond until we're there. So we'll be reporting on that as we record our episode from there, because of course we cannot miss an episode. And so something will come out from the NTL encounter. So stay tuned. Now, Grace, another thing that we've been talking about a lot behind the scenes is like preparing ourselves to go back. And one of the things that uh, you've uh, gone through is a uh, rebrand a little bit, right? So 
you're still persist, but you've changed your logo. You've changed a lot of the elements about your branding. So I think that's a really good conversation to have because I think there's a lot of myths that surround the whole idea of is it okay or not to rebrand and how to do it properly. So can you tell us a little bit, Grace, about how did your process started like Take us from the from the baseline. Like, how did you identify? Which is probably the most difficult thing to do is identifying that the time has come to refresh something about your brand. Yeah, so it was actually pretty much came from Ed. Um, as, you know, Edward Lake, who's the CEO of all of our companies. Um, he he's you know he's got a huge marketing mind, and a lot of times in in the things in the way he thinks about things, and we kind of talk about the way we think about things. Um, marketing wise and the companies. And as many of you may or may not know, you know, I'm, I'm the CEO for all of these companies. And that includes things like leaders in mass torts and uh, Persis software and, you know, his, his uh, law office and certain things that he works in, which is, you know, all related to legal services. But it came to a point where every time we created a new company, you know, we'd have to have a brand and something related to it that was specific to that company. Um, so it came to a point for us as as all these companies where we're like, well, we are known as Persist, right? I mean, besides Ed and Jacobino and Lake and, and his law firm side of things, we're known as Persist. So what's the best way to um, make sure that all of these legal services that we are able to provide, whether it be software or mass tort um, or even publishing a book, how should we think about it? How should we brand that rather than having individual logos everywhere and companies and all those different things? And that's what Ed came up with. He's like, well, they know us as Persist, so we are the Persist group of companies. And then it just sort of kind of developed really from that point on where Ed was like, well, if we're going to be a Persist group of companies, then we need to make sure that we have a cohesive brand look and feel and maybe not necessarily exactly like the look of persist communications even though it still has the same name persist right so that's kind of how we came well he came up with the idea and we went out to um a very specific company that ed likes and we've used before for other things not specifically for design so this was kind of unique in that aspect when we put it to them, this is what we're looking for. This is sort of what um, Ed's ideas are. This is how he feels about the company, you know, whether it's formal or modern. Um, and we can kind of go through that because I know those are where, like the, the heavy questions kind of come in. How do you come up with a new design? How do you even think about putting all these companies together? Um, but that's where he went out and in speaking to them, giving them sort of the look and feel of what we're trying to achieve they came up with the new Persist Group logo. And that's what you see posted everywhere. But that's kind of how we came up with the idea was Ed was like, well, it needs to be redone, rebranded regardless. So let's make sure it's cohesive and it makes sense that all of these companies are under one umbrella. You're touching there on something super important 
which is having a cohesive brand. And not a lot of people think about it that way. They just think about their logo. They think about maybe the fonts they're using for their logo and tagline. But then when they go on about creating all of the rest of marketing material or branding material, they're not following those same lines. So that's already kind of like a big missed opportunity. You need to think big. It's not just about uh, your logo, what speaks about your branding. It's a lot more than that, which starts, yes, with a logo, with a palette of colors as well, very likely with a font, and then really cripples all the way down to the styling which you write. So all of that is super important. Now, for the sake of this conversation, we're focusing here more on the visual elements. So Grace, you've decided, okay, we're gonna create a new mother brand that from there, everything else is gonna fall under. So what happened with those other sub-brands that you have under the Persist group? Did they retain their same image or they also got adjusted and modified to match the new main logo? So we actually did a little bit of both, right? And the reason I'm we're doing it that way, I think we may go the route of uh, the Persist Group logo will be more uh, prominent than the actual logos for the specific companies eventually. However, um, it's a process, right? So for us, it's a matter of, particularly in social, uh, we're trying to make sure that we retain the company's image of what it does. I'll give you an example, Leaders and Mass Torts, right? Um, Leaders and Mass Torts, it sells Mass Tort cases. And so with the Leaders and Mass Torts logo, we can maintain that on the banner or at least, uh, you know, maybe some header images. But the icon or the image that goes directly on in that circle on most social media, that's what we're retaining or changing rather um, into the Persist Group mark. Excellent. So that we're, again, doing both. Which for those who haven't seen it, it's it's a very interesting figure. I don't, I'm not, it's not, a, it, it's not a geometrical figure, but it feels like it, right? It has such a beautiful design and it's complex. It It's kind of like, a, it's, it's like a network of lines that uh, cross between each other and it makes a P. And what what really stood out for me primarily is the fact that that's exactly what Persist does. And I'm talking now more about your software, which is it creates something that is extremely complex. It's presented to you as a solution that it's easy to implement and understand. And that's how the logo feels. It feels clean, seamless, and modern. And so in my opinion, it's kind of like a perfect fit. And I honestly, Grace, I'm very, very tough and rough when I go on about talking about logos. I don't hold back. And so I really love this one. I can, I mean, I, I'm telling you upfront, I love this so much more than what you used to have before. Now, Grace, thank you for sharing a lot of what you, your experience in rebranding has been. Now, let's talk a little bit about other businesses, other law firms. When is the time to rebrand, right? When do you need to refresh your 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 logo? Where, first of all, do you even need to do it? The the answer is yes, right? I mean, yes. you need to you need to adapt. You need to move on with times. Now, even when you look at legacy brands, we're talking Nike, we're talking McDonald's, we're talking Apple. You name it, all of them, Coca Cola, all of them have adjusted and adapted their their logos and brand throughout the years. This may be small 
changes that you may not necessarily notice unless you're seeing side-by-side comparisons, but they have made changes. And if you go on and look into tech companies, oh my God, they're changing their logos like every year, they're updating it. So it's 100% a good practice to be refreshing your brand and logo in a way that it stays current to what your brand is doing in terms of the services that it provides, in terms of the values that it's adapting, or the way that they are just evolving into today's world. And so you can still retain a lot of the same elements you have. You just need to refresh it. Grace, ourselves, we recently adjusted our logo because as you very well know, we use pastel colors on our logo. And what we noticed is that when we were doing primarily printed materials, those colors were very, very hard to see from a distance particularly, or depending on the background that they were getting printed on. So we've decided to adapt, adjust those colors to darker versions of those same colors. And that is the kind of uh, adjustments that you do to your branding that they may seem small, but they're actually important and you need to plan and you actually need to execute them. They don't just happen because they happen. And here's the key element here is once you, you, you start with it, then you need to have a really good plan to uh, make sure that all the changes get implemented everywhere that they need to be implemented, just as you were saying, Grace, right? It's not just, okay, I updated my logo and I put it on my website or I updated it on the next marketing material that I'm going to be putting out there. You need to introduce it into your website, your social media platforms, so that there is that consistency, right? And as you're starting, I mean, this this is important stuff, Grace, because a lot of people buying and order stationery and all of these little giveaways for the law firms and stuff by the thousands and they have them in stock. So you need to to plan these things. Now, is it the end of the world to have two versions of one brand going on at the same time? I mean, probably it won't really have a devastating impact, but the bottom line is that you need to have an idea as to how you're going to phase out the old so that at some point you can fully transition to the new. What do you think, Grace? A hundred percent. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Is is use it as an opportunity for your marketing as well, right? Drip it out little by little. Let people get excited about the fact that you're rebranding. I mean, be excited about the fact that you're rebranding because it is an exciting time for a business to be able to do this, you know, to make that decision to come to that conclusion is usually because they're at a point in their business life cycle where they are getting to a next point of potential growth. And so a rebranding is fantastic for that. I also think, you know, it. I am I always say this, and, and this is just the way I like to manage. I love the idea of involving your team for these type of decisions, getting their input. It's just great, right? It, you definitely want to have a great design team to support you in whatever it is that you want to do, but the ideas need to come from within. Those really need to be reflective of your beliefs, of your values, of what your your team stands for. And I think it's always a good exercise to just um, take everything that touches your brand and, and, and see, well, I mean, are we still current? Do we still feel that everything that is uh, about us is really con- is, continues to reflect us as we are? Or uh, can we now do it a little bit better? Can we adopt more current trends? And that's the whole point. You definitely want to be up with trends when it comes down to your to your to 
your logo because it means that you're current, that you're relevant. Now, it's not about just jumping on board on every single trending style <laughs> that is out there, but you certainly want to keep up with times, right? I mean, I think that's really the message. So yes, you want to follow trends. You don't necessarily want to be influenced by what's trending right now in this minute, in this day. Because obviously, it, it, it's always it's also something that you don't want to be doing every three every three months. There's other ways that you can keep your your brand current without necessarily having to rebrand so frequently that it just confuses your your people, your market. Like, who are you at the end of the day? Now, Grace, here is another different, slightly different type of rebranding uh, that also sometimes you know has to do with the logo, with the name, and such as multicultural agency that we are, we sometimes get asked or are facing the uh, situation where you may have a law firm that their uh, name is in English, right? It's in English. Now, what, sh what should they do with the brand when they try to create a product that is for the Hispanic market or they just want to present themselves on a Spanish version? Should the logo be or the name of the brand, right, needs to be translated into Spanish? Because one thing is, you know, the actual content and your marketing materials, those without a question, yes, of course, you have to recreate them in Spanish. Now, what about the actual name of the brand? And most 99% of the times, our answer is no, your brand stays what it is in its English name. You can do it. But for instance, in the event that your name has an equivalent in Spanish or English, you don't have to change your name to the Spanish version and backwards because then it can really confuse your market and really not be able to connect between, is this the same brand? So um, that's one thing. Now, the one thing that I will, I will say it's worth always translating is going to be your tagline. So that's 100% something that you want to make sure that in either version is uh, translated. Now, when, the, when are there instances where it would make sense? Like I'm saying here, uh, you can be Grace Montalegre Law Firm and then uh, Las Oficinas Legales de Grace Montalegre. If you're very, very new, you can potentially do that. If you've been around for a while and you're trying to open up yourself to the Hispanic market, at that point, you need to stick to your brand because it's already created, right? Like people have already seen your TV ads, they've already seen your billboards, they've already seen you under this brand. Let them let them recognize that, but then everything else needs to be on a language that they will understand. And so that's how you go about dealing with branding in multiple languages. And particularly, what do you do with your main logo, with your brand? I would recommend uh, it's 100% good to create a version in Spanish if part of your logo is your tagline. Uh, which probably it is in some versions of your logo. So, Grace, now tell me a little bit about what did you find being the most challenging part in your journey, in your experience here recently about completing this cycle of rebranding? I think for me, it was probably just making sure everything is is being updated in a timely fashion, but not too quickly to alienate people from what our current brand was. And so that's kind of why I think, you know, coming up with that in-between um, idea with the social media and then eventually completely changing it to the new look and feel was why we went that way. Um, because that that was, to me, was probably the hardest part. Uh, we, yeah. I mean, we're pretty good about 
<clears throat> creating promo items and using and purchasing just enough um, with a little overage, obviously, for events. And so we took the opportunity at this time, because of COVID, honestly, to be able to kind of redo everything that we have um, and relook at everything. So all the things that we've been telling other people, Liel, that we're trying to tell people to do that, you know, take a look right now is a good time. Right now is the time we actually did that. You know, we, we try to practice what we preach on our podcast here. And, um, you know, we, we tried to take the opportunity right now to do that. So for, for me, that was kind of the hard part of it was making sure it looked clean, cohesive across the board and that all the companies that we have under that umbrella, um, get that, um, refreshing, right? That freshen, freshen, freshen look, but they still know it's that, right? They still know it's leaders and mass tours. They still know it's persist communications, but it's got a new look and feel. Uh, so that, that for me was kind of the hardest part, I think. Yeah. And uh, actually, I mean, there's, there's strategies for rolling out new branding and it's probably you've received several emails from brands that you follow, that you're subscribed to their newsletter, that they're actually giving you a heads up. Hey, Starting May 1st, new style, same brand, right? So um, it's a very, very common practice to actually inform in advance your community about the changes that you have lined up in terms of your branding. Uh, is it 100% necessary? Well, it depends. How major is going to be the, the change? Are you going for a completely new logo and color scheme? Yes, 100%. I would 100% recommend you to, in the process of rolling this out, inform your existing clients, past clients, people that you interact with on a daily basis about this change so that they can expect it and they can get excited about it as well. Because again, these are things that, I, just as you were saying, Grace, I mean, this is great social media content and it's a great place also to test things before you actually go full on with your changes. But with that being said, like you said, Grace, here, it's keeping things timely, not overthinking it, not overdoing it, not overcomplicating the process, because it's all about getting things done at the end of the day as well. That's what it is. It's making sure everything's getting done in a timely fashion and, you know, uh, cohesively and, and that it all looks good. You know, I mean, like you said, there's strategies behind everything <laughs> and you just got to make sure that you create a strategy before you dive head into something like a rebranding. I mean, it takes a lot of thought, effort, and time to make sure it's done right. And everything has to have a strategy behind it. Always. Grace, let's go for takeaways. Before we do that, I want to ask you something, Grace, because you guys came up here with a tagline, which I really liked uh, for Persist. And what's, what's the secret, Grace, for a good tagline, do you think? So... It's funny that you say it like that. Like, what's 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 the secret? Um, you know, I've been following advertising commercials my whole life. It's just one of those things that I really love. And so when I hear something, it just clicks. And that comes from uh, consumer behavior analysis of data and making sure that you understand why somebody will click or act on something that you put out there. And yeah. with that kind of base understanding, you can create something like a tagline that not only makes sense, but captures their attention immediately. So yeah. Ed came up with this specific tagline. Ed is pretty phenomenal when it comes to coming up with these types of uh, phrases and, and taglines. And he just said, you know, 
well, well, persistence, what does it do? He goes, it, it helps you, it pays, you know, and then you persistent in the, what we do, we're persistent in the communications. Our software is persistent. We persistently go after people as a company. And then, you know, that whole Danica Patrick thing that we're doing, um, at NTL where we're going to have a step up meet and greet someone like her embodies that persist feel, right? She's persistent. She a female in, in driving and racing, you know, unheard of back in the day. So he came up with that, that tagline, you know, probably in a conversation, actually, now that I'm thinking mm -hmm. about it, we were just talking about stuff and he says, Hey, you know what? Persistence pays. Yeah. And that's what happened. It just, it was from a conversation and like just talking about our, yeah, the way we feel about our company and how we operate as employees and even the people that we work with. We like people that are persistent. And so that's just really how it came about. It was a conversation. And I know most of the time it's from brainstorming sessions and, you know, you come yeah. up with different uh, words that you kind of put together. Like there's a strategy behind coming up with a tagline, but for us, it just happened to be a conversation that Ed came up with it. Every time that I say involve your team, that's exactly what I mean. You know, don't just call up meetings and put everyone on the spot and ask them in the least creative environment about things. It's not about that. It's about having genuine, engaging conversations about the strategy, the vision of the brand, where things are going. That's when these kind of ideas come up. Not when you put yourself in a boardroom with a whiteboard, uh, zero inspiration around you, and you say, okay, let's come up with ideas for a tagline. That's not the times when these things happen. These, these things happen when you are really engaged doing some team building activity with the team. Maybe not even in the office, right? I mean, Zoom calls, probably not the best place to do these kind of things. So that's exactly what I mean. You have conversations about how do you envision things? What's our goal? What is it that we do? What is it that we want to convey in every single interaction that we have with people who don't know about us? But it really has to do a lot with how involved the people are in the conversation when this is actually happening. So um, that's why really uh, outings are extremely effective. Uh, retreats are extremely effective because they give you, they create that, that space. Um, Grace, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you were to ask me that same question, what do I think is important for coming up with a good tagline? I think it's really delivering your value proposition in the least amount of words possible. and. It's not an easy thing to do, right? Because you really need at least amount of, of words possible. It's really three at most, four. Wow. I mean, depending which words they are, you know, it needs to be a tagline. It's small. So that's, I think, really what makes it great and 100% worth it to get ideas, to get people to contribute uh, what, what they believe because the best ideas come from unexpected places. Grace, let's do our takeaways. I think that should be takeaway number one. Best ideas come from the unexpected places. So don't forget that this is not linear. It's creative. So you need yeah. to have involve your team. Create opportunities for creativity to emerge. I think that's a great place to work because that's also probably when you're going to start having conversations about, should we rebrand? Are we going to be all more effective, more comfortable and better represented with a different or some tweaks in our in, in our branding. So I totally agree with that first takeaway. I loved it. So I think takeaway number two can be 
um, a little mishmash of the different things that we've been talking about. Um, take advantage of the fact that we're still in somewhat of a COVID world in that you're not being uh, required to go out as often and you still have the opportunity to take a look at what you're doing right now, um, marketing wise, branding wise, and just do like a, a thermometer check. Make sure that you are where you want to be, that you don't need to rebrand anything. Or if you do, you know, think about it and and put it into action. Um, now is always the time. You know, procrastination is never a good thing, particularly when it has to do with your business's look and feel and how people perceive you. Very good point, Grace. A hundred percent. And what would you make our third takeaway to be? During a rebranding, for me, it, it was a, a lot of things at once, right? And try not to get overwhelmed. I think that that's, you know, a really big and important thing. Um, if you get overwhelmed and, and, you, and you don't bring in your team to help, um, you will get overwhelmed and you won't get it done. So I don't know that it's a takeaway. It's more of a note of how I felt when I was going through it. Um, yeah. You know. It is having an organized rollout, a critical action plan in place, right? So you know very well when things should happen. As always, work with deadlines. Keep every party informed. Don't, as you say, I think, get too obsessed about doing every single every single thing at the same time. It can be faced. And just set up the priorities and go after the things that can be easily accomplished first. Because... At the end of the day, they're going to have to be taken care of. So the fact that there is doesn't mean that they're unimportant. Um, it's just giving you an opportunity to take care of those things. So then you are free to focus on things that may require a little bit more organization, whether it's that taking care of your stationary, branded TV ads, whatever it is that you need to recreate, right? Because all of those things are going to be very important that eventually get streamlined with your new brand. Great. It's a really good conversation. It's very hard, right? To just stick to a logo and the rebranding is because rebranding is really a massive exercise. It doesn't usually just stay, starts and end with uh, a logo thing, but it most of times can be ignited by a conversation as simple as, hey, do you think that our logo needs a touch up? And the next thing you know is that is you're building a new website. So <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. So, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, Grace. All right. Well, I want to make one note because I did, for I forgot to say something when you were saying about translating your tagline, guys. I know that for us, because we're both Hispanic, Leo, it's not it's not even a thought to do this. But I want to make sure everybody out there understands: never do a Google Translate. Please, please, oh, yeah. I can't say that enough. Do not do a direct translation of your tagline. It will never, ever, ever work. I can guarantee you that it will almost never. Okay, maybe I should say never. 99.9% .9 of the time, it will not work. <laughs> yeah, have someone, you know, who's a native Spanish speaker, just have a look at it um, and, and seek their advice. Good point, Grace. Thank you very much. And see you next week. See you next week. All right, take care. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at We'll see you next week.